Our scripture today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he trembling, astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither eating nor drinking. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Arnaris, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Here I am. And he said, Here I am. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then it was answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest, to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. He went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized." So, he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached 
the Christ in the synagogues and that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that the Jesus is the Christ. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of the Scripture. I was blinded by the devil, born already ruined. Stone cold dead as I stepped out of the womb. By his grace I have been touched. By his word I have been healed. By his hand I've been delivered. By his spirit I've been sealed. I've been saved.
let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, be real with us as we watch how our lives unfold in a journey. Precious God, be with us as we see that we have beginning places, but we move and we grow and we get to places that we never expected we could be without allowing ourselves the opportunity to be on a blessed journey with you. Thank you, God, for being the shepherd that's before us. And in your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. What a blessing it is to have this conversation with you. I am continuing these conversations within the realm of popular culture. Last week, I was so moved and inspired by the, the series finale of Ted Lasso that I wanted to share a conversation with you about Nate the, the Great. And I, I've kind of had this time over this week to reflect even further, even watching the final episode once again, that I have been inspired by other characters. So we may carry this popular culture conversations a few more weeks around as we uh, look at the imagery of the gospel within popular culture. We've been doing music. We've been doing, uh, I, we had one week and I recorded uh, a conversation the day that superstar Billy Graham passed away. So we had a little bit of wrestling in there. And uh, now we're going to have some movies. We're going to have some TV. Last week it was Ted Lasso through the embodiment of uh, Nate. And now we're going to do Ted Lasso once again in the embodiment of Roy Kent. And I want to talk about character development. That is a, a writing term. It's something that's used within the spectrum of, of media, of movies, of long-term television programs. You know, we, we have these programs, uh, Gunsmoke lasted 20 plus years. The Simpsons is going to last uh, almost 30 years. The, the Simpsons started before I graduated high school, and I graduated high school almost 30 years ago. Uh, the character development, it's, it's things that, that keep you interested in characters so that they don't get old and stale. It's something that's compelling as, as we watch them grow and transform and they become different characters. You know, I think about other television programs that had long-term uh, uh, successes, uh, television programs that were on 10, 11, 12 years. And we watch this character metamorphosis that takes place. I, I think about MASH and I think about Margaret Houlihan, the first year of MASH, Margaret Houlihan and Frank Burns, who wanted to get uh, Hawkeye Pierce and BJ Honeycutt and uh, Trapper John. Trapper John was the first season of, of MASH. And they wanted to get them in trouble and they wanted to kick out. And they were these hard-nosed military structural people. But we watched Margaret Houlihan through these 11, 12 years of MASH go from a hard-nosed person to this 
holy, compassionate leader in the last season of MASH. We even see that with Hawkeye Pierce. I mean, Hawkeye is the wise-cracking, practical joker, but we watch him metamorphosize through the years, and he becomes this person that has ideals and standards and practices. And I, one of the things that I notice about watching the later, later years of MASH compared to the earlier seasons, I think that I think that Hawkeye Pierce in the 11th and 12th seasons of MASH has more of a stern and solid structural blueprint than Frank Burns and Margaret Houlihan had in the first seasons of MASH. So we watch these shows, and we watch characters start in one place and grow and transform and and become something new, and then we get to this point where that they become who they are. And and I want to do that with Roy Kent for a moment. And to do that, we're going to bring in the the scriptural part of this. Now, for this scripture today, I I want to talk about the wholeness of the Apostle Paul. I want to talk about uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus. I want to talk about the 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 road, the blinding experience, and having his eyes open to see the wholeness. And I want to see this get all the way up to this guy who wrote half of the New Testament, okay? So I want to look at the, the character development of the Apostle Paul, and I want to do it through looking at Roy Kent from these episodes of Ted Lasso because I see the same emotional journey, the same emotional process going through Roy Kent that we get from Saul to Paul to the Apostle Paul to the letter writer, the epistles, and all of this. We see, I see a mirrored journey between Roy Kent and the Apostle Paul. So I, I'm really excited to, to share that with you as we go through this conversation. So I, I chose the Apostle Paul's life-changing experience as he's riding to the road to Damascus. He's, he's going there as Saul the tormentor to persecute. And he has this transforming moment that takes place in this moment that his eyes are fully and wholly and literally opened to what he's been doing, what he should be doing, so he can grow into his potential. That's what we look at through this narrative of the Apostle Paul. So I'm going to tie my man Roy Kent into this as we look at Roy of Richmond as we talk about Paul of Tarsus. Let's, let's look at the two. When we begin this journey, uh, if you've watched the television program Ted Lasso, many of you have gone through this journey uh, and have experienced this. If you have not, if you have Apple Plus, um, it's a cute little show. 
Uh, it's only three seasons. Uh, check it out. I'll warn you, uh, immense amount of adult language and adult situations. But we go on this journey and we watch people change because of their presence with another person. We watch Roy Kent change because of his interactions with Ted Lasso. We're going to go through this conversation today. We're going to look at, at Saul transform and change because of his interactions with the being and the reality of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at all those things. So we start with the rough-edged, hard-nosed person that, as was ex- explained by Nate, uh, the kit the kit man Nate that we talked about last week, Nate described Roy Kent as a footballer as a person who seemed so angry and so mad that it was almost as if he was cursing the grass when that he played football, when he played what we call here in the States soccer. It was almost as though he was cursing the grass. We see Roy Kent in the beginning of the show. He's he's still a player, but he's at the later years of his career, and he's not able to be the person that he's always been. He's not able to be the footballer that that brought him fame and notoriety and and success. And we and we see in this in a conversation between Roy Kent and and Nate, who at the time is still a part of Richmond FC and is still the kit man, but he's he roasts Roy Kent and he brings up how that he's lost his anger and how his anger was so much entwined in his identity. We see that. And Saul. Saul is this individual built in anger. Saul is this individual that sees people discovering their identities in a new path, and they they don't he doesn't quite understand it, it doesn't quite connect to him. So there's two things that we do. When we see things happening that we don't understand, we either learn about it. We get a book, we read, we study, we have conversations with people and interact with them. Or, as a majority of people do, uh, we see people attack those things and tear them down and, and torment them so that the world fits back in their box. And that's what we see in the identity of Saul. Is this an individual who wants to tear down things so that the world exists within his box, within his understanding. Uh, we even have the, the conversations, the, the, the acknowledgement that Saul was present at the stoning of Stephen. The Apostle Paul on this journey to the road to Damascus is going there to persecute, to torment new believers. He has this hurt-filled anger agenda that he is living in 
And he is living within this agenda and his journey. So I, I see that. I, I look at this anger and this hurt. And I, I think about Nate's words about Roy Kent. And we see it in him so much in the way that he handles things. We see it in his relationships with other people people and we'll get into this conversation in a moment Jamie Tart who is the new superstar kid that everybody's cheering for the 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 Michael Jordan of the team the star of the team we see Roy Kent's anger so much a part of his identity in the uh, on most of the first season, for major parts of the first season, we start to see his transformation go through uh, towards the within the first season, and we we see this individual start to transform into a new identity as he goes on a journey dealing with his relationship. He's the tormentor of Jamie Tart as much as Saul is the tormentor of those are part of the new faith. And they both, Saul, Roy Kent, deal with their anger in different ways. Roy Kent deals with his anger when he realizes that he cannot be the performer that he's needed to be. So he torments Jamie Tardy, sees him as the, as the focal point of everything that's being taken away from him. And then he even goes away, he steps away and he goes and he spews his anger as a, as a sports analyzer for, um, for football. So we see that anger in place. We, we don't talk about it a lot through the reading of the scriptures, but we experience it. We see an individual in Saul who stoned Christians. We see an individual in Saul who is on this journey and he begins to realize that things are going on and he has this revelation, but he has this revelation on his journey to torment Christians. So we're watching this evolution take place. Other people come in to each of these people's lives that begin to open their eyes up to other possibilities. Now, Ted Lasso is a major influence in every character in this show, specifically Roy Kent, but I don't limit it to just Ted Lasso as I think that Keeley, uh, a, a very dominant uh, female fashion model, um, um, uh, internet uh, influencer type person she has a major influence on him as well and we begin to see Roy Kent start to shift when he sees where his anger is having him and how he has to transform and how he has to go on a new path to keep going uh, we see Ted Lasso work and talk with Roy Kent until that Roy Kent comes back as a coach and he sees a new way to take this passion and interact with other people to show them a new way and a new path. We see through in the second uh, season uh, of the show, 
Roy Kent begins to understand what it means to not just have a driven, anger-filled passion for something, but he understands emotional, caring compassion. As he grows into this uh, relationship with Keeley, and he starts to transform, we begin to see his relationship with his niece, and we start to watch Roy Kent's onion start to peel, and he begins to have passion in new ways that he becomes an instructor as a coach and he becomes this passionate partner in a relationship with Keeley and this passionate uncle for his niece and we get to see the the onion unfold as he begins to have an understanding that there are individuals and lives that needs to have love and compassionate care and that makes us better people as well that's what happens to Saul on this journey to Damascus that's what happens to Saul on this journey he's going to torment Christians but he has this moment this spiritual realization that that floods his mind that opens a reality to a, a truth that there's something else. There's things that hurt and rage have rage has blinded him from seeing. There's things that he needs to let go of. And when the spirit wipes the mud out of Saul's eyes, and he is is ordained with this new name Paul he is called to go out and to become a caregiver but here's here's the crazy thing and this will all tie together as we talk about Roy Kent too he's not just called to go out and be a caregiver to the ones that he's tormented he's called to first to go to the ones that he was going to torment and the ones that have been waiting for him to come and torment him them He's called there first. We start to look at, in this show, this transformation in Roy Kent. And Roy Kent, as he begins to transform into this more caring, affectionate family member, this more caring, affectionate partner in emotional relationships, he becomes a caring, affectionate coach who listens to the team and works with the team and works with the other coaches and goes through all these processes, we begin to see that onion peel a little bit further and we get to see that this person is starting to change. It takes Saul, now Paul, to go to the place that they are sitting there waiting for him to come and torment them to go and be the first place that he shows his new image to. Roy Kent goes back to his family and shows his new image. He shows it in his relationship with Keeley, shows it in his relationship with his niece, and we begin to see him changing, and he's not getting away from 
who he once was, he's actually going back to where he was and continuing the process further so that he can make a major effect in a place that he was once seen as the enraged person who literally cursed at the grass. But now the coach that people turn to for guidance and study and learning. So we look at these tied relationships and we see an outside influence that begins to take place that transforms both Saul and Nepal and Roy Kent into Coach Kent. One of the things that makes both of them grow even further, the Apostle Paul, Roy Kent, are the ones that they choose to mentor in this process. Now, I, talk, I said we would talk about Jamie Tart some more. The Apostle Paul was an individual, as Saul, that tormented those who believed in the new way, who tormented those who represented the one who was Christ in this new way. And then he begins to become the one that works with them, who studies with them, that grows with them, who was so transformed by that Christ that he takes that newness into these new relationships and celebrates them. And he begins to teach others how to do the same. We see it in the epistles and Paul's letters to the church of Ephesus and Philippi and Corinth and Rome and his letters to Timothy. And just, we can begin to see Paul grow and transform because of his mentoring relationships I, I noticed this very deeply as his relationship with Jamie Tart, Roy Kent's relationship with Jamie Tart shifted. Jamie Tart wanted to be good, so he went to the one that he knew was good, the best, to train and study from him. And we see Jamie Tart change because of his relationship with Roy Kent, but we also see Roy Kent change because of his relationship with Jamie Tart. And it's this, it's this feeding of mentoring that the one that is being mentored grows and changes and transforms, but we also see the one that is willing to do the teaching. If they're listening to their students, if they're celebrating and studying with their students, we see revelations happen in their lives as well. And then they change for the better. They become stronger. They become more whole, complete individuals as well. And just the mentoring relationships that the Apostle Paul was a part of, we, we begin to see Paul transform because of that. We begin to see Paul pull so far away from the one that was the tormentor Saul that he is the mentor, 
the letter writer, the supporter, the one that utters the words every time I think of you, I say a prayer of thanks. The Apostle Paul utters those words. And we see because of that, of these mentoring relationships and the journey of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul becomes this more whole, complete individual. I saw that with Roy Kent. I mean, we get into this place in the third season. Again, spoiler-enhanced conversation here, gang. But we see in this place, in the first season, Jamie Tart is this person that he hates. When we see moments in the in the third season as his coach, his mentor, his personal trainer, that he cares about him. We see that caring goes so much that there is an episode in the final season that Jamie Tart is having a hard time because he had a bad father, a parenting relationship, fraternal relationship with his father. And, and he has to go back to his hometown and play against his hometown team. And he is so hurting inside because of the torment of his relationship with his dad that he's different. And instead of Roy Kent yelling at him and trying to set him on a new point, he begins to be a, a person that we see that's willing to learn what's happening. We, we watch him follow Jamie Tart around to figure out what he's doing and where he's going and what's going on. And it, it's through that willingness of going on the journey with the one that he's mentoring, we get to see the wholeness of compassion grow in Roy Kent. You know, every time that I read a, a passage from the book of Philippians, of Ephesians, of of uh, Corinthians, uh, Rome. I, I, I think about the compassion that's building up in the Apostle Paul because this is his conversation with a collection of people. This is the Apostle Paul's conversation with individuals that he's trying to teach a new uh, path to, but he's also learning from them as well. He understands what it means to be all things for all people. He understands what it means to listen to cultural histories and to use those cultural conversations uh, within the, the letters that he writes. We, we see this metamorphosis within the being of Paul, and it's because Paul has been willing to join in on the journey and not just curse at the grass that the journey is going through. A whole transformation of an individual. And when we begin to watch others respect and, and want to have a connection to that, all of the personal mentoring relationships that the Apostle Paul had going on journeys with others, being in conversation with others as they evangelize for the first time. And we watch their lives grow, and we watch the Apostle Paul 
change to the extent that I, I celebrate this. We, we start with a man that hated a movement of people so much that he was present at the stoning of Stephen and he was going to Damascus to torment, but he becomes so entwined and so respected in the journey that half of the narrative of the New Testament is his words. That respect. And we see that in Roy Kent. And to give a major spoiler away on the last episode of the show, he becomes so respected and so entwined in being the caring coach that he takes Ted's spot. He takes Ted's spot when Ted goes back to America. He takes Ted's spot as the head coach. And we watch this person. In both accounts, I'm going to try to both explain Roy Kent and the Apostle Paul in the next statement I make. We watch a person so angry that they curse at the grass. We watch a person start to open up because something outside of them is beginning to transform their lives. We watch a person so changed and transformed that they're willing to be in mentoring relationships to help others find their place in the journey as well. And we watch this journey go all the way to a point that they become the respected coach helping others to run the race to the end. I think I was able to explain both the Apostle Paul and Roy Kent in that little spill. But what a blessing it is to watch that. And what a blessing it is to know that we can go on these journeys of transformation because it happened with Paul. It fictitiously happened with Roy Kent. And it happens in us too. There we start in some places that we may not always respect or want to acknowledge and we grow through those things and we grow past those things. And we finally get to these places that we're able to be the ones that hopefully listen to others, grow with others, are mentored by, and then mentor others. And then hopefully we exist in places of mutual respect at the end of the journey. Thank you for listening to that conversation. And thank you for this uh, summer time of uh, pop cultural conversations. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love as we transform through our journeys and our character development. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. Let's join together in our closing benediction. Thank you, God, for all of the doors that you open in our lives, the paths that you move with us through, and thank you for helping us become something far more than we could ever dream of. Thank you for being the master shepherd. And in your son's precious name, I pray, God is love. Amen.